Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I'm excited to continue our series on the gates. We are in part three today. So if you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah. I want to just give you a quick review. If you have missed any of these um, sermons, that you can purchase a CD back there in the back on the CD table for $3 per CD. And um, <clears throat> you don't want to uh, miss it if you have. And g- grab one if you have missed it. It'll, it'll bless you. But today, um, we're moving forward. And I just want to give you just a quick review just to kind of bring you up to speed that we're talking about these walls and gates. The walls have been torn down to Jerusalem and the gates have been burned. And, and, and so Jerusalem has no defense. And so Nehemiah uh, brings the people together with a purpose to rebuild the walls and rehang the gates. And these walls represent protection and the gates represent daily life. People are coming in and out of these gates all the time. And there were 10 gates that surrounded the city and all of them have a specific name for a specific reason. It wasn't just gate number one, gate number two, gate number three. God gave uh, them certain names, and all of them have great significance. And it's something that we can learn today on this side of in our New Testament reality and to, to learn something powerful here, that, that these are the gates, really, that we're going to talk about of people's lives, where they're at, what, what, what they're experiencing right now, the stage of, the life, of their life that they're in. And, and, and it's also interesting that in the book of the third chapter, uh, how many of you have read all the way through Nehemiah chapter 3? Hmm? How, many, how many days did it take you to read through that chapter? <laughs> if you read the names, they're very difficult to read. But... I mean, it's laborious because there's so much detail in it of all the, the, the people groups that, that fixed this gate and fixed this wall and, and rebuilt this part and did this and did that. And it's just a list of names after name after name after name after name. And see, God made sure that everybody that did their part got credit for what they did. It's amazing that he went through and made sure everybody got known. And he even noticed the people that didn't do anything, too. The nobles that did not put their necks to the work of the Lord, uh, I believe verse 5 says that they didn't do anything. See, God's not asking you to do everything. Amen. Thank God for that. He's just asking you to do your part. Amen. Amen. And so God, and, and, but this encourages me that God is paying close attention to what you're doing. Amen. He loves you so much that he knows the very numbers of hair on your head. Some of you, he's... Well, you don't have much, but it's all right. God still knows, and God sees the loss, and He cares. <laughs> but, but know that, that he, he loves us so much, but, and that God wants to bless you. God wants to reward you. He is a rewarder. The Bible actually says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that what? He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek Him. Not only did He reward you with heaven when you became a Christian, praise God, but He, he, he made a way for you so that you can live this life and, and for rewards in this reward called heaven. Amen. That we're working toward rewards today. Amen. Jesus already worked for your reward of heaven. You don't have to work for that. All you got to do is just believe that it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that was a, kind of a good amen. Make, 
But make every day count then. If, knowing, that, knowing that he is a rewarder for us, make every moment count. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 says, redeeming the time. Time is all we've got. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I mean, seconds or minutes and hours are, are ticking by. And it's important that you take the time and make it valuable. Make it valuable not only for this life, but for the life to come. With eternity on mind. Because the one you're really doing it for is paying the closest attention. So I want to encourage you to have faith in God. See, the way to make the most of your time, the way to redeem the time is to believe God. It's to believe God. It's to walk by faith. The Bible teaches us that the just shall live by faith. See, we see the disciples, they had missed opportunities because they didn't have faith at certain times or because they had little faith. I want you to look over at Mark chapter 4 for just a moment. Did I say turn to Nehemiah? Well, turn over to Mark. Keep your finger there. Turn uh, with me to Mark chapter 4. And um, verse 36, we see an interesting story here. And it says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, that's Jesus, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They missed an opportunity. Jesus, just bail us out. Huh? He says, that ain't the way to live your life. You have the same authority because you've got the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you today, don't miss opportunities because you refuse to believe. Believe God. Believe that you have this position because God gave you this position. The Bible says that you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Yeah. Amen. And in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, signs and wonders shall follow those who believe, those who have their faith out there believe in God. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. Are you hearing me? This is, don't miss these opportunities. And we see more missed opportunities in Matthew chapter 17, the epileptic boy that was, that was in, having seizures and the disciples could do nothing. And, and Jesus said, how, mu- how long must I dwell with you people who don't believe? What's, what is going on here? You've got to believe. It's faith. Amen. You're missing opportunities when you get outside of faith. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58 says, And he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. One, one uh, of the gospels says he could do no mighty miracles. God's not going to force it on you. Amen. But by faith, you, step, you open yourself up to the possibilities. Amen. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. And so the, the way that you get these rewards is by continuing a lifestyle of believing God, of walking by faith, and, and not being dissuaded and persuaded by the circumstances that surround you and by people and by the devil and his stinking lies. You just keep forging forward in faith, and God will reward you. Amen. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, uh, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Praise God. It's prayer with faith. It's prayer with faith. If you're going to pray without faith, don't even pray. You're wasting your time and you're wasting God's time. Amen. When you stand praying, believe when you pray. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that prayer does not make faith work? Faith makes prayer work. Amen. 
Now, back over to Nehemiah chapter 3. And verse 14, Pastor John was excited that I got to talk about these two gates today as he had to talk about the old gate. We've gone through the sheep gate, the fish gate, the old gate, and the valley gate. And today, I'm going to talk about what happens after the cow eats his food in that pasture. Verse 14. But the dung gate, or one version might say the refuse gate, repaired Malchiah, the son of Rechab, the ruler of part of Beth Hasarim. I have no clue if that's how you say that, but I'm taking a stab at it. He built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. But the gate of the fountain repaired Shalun, the son of Kalhose, the ruler of part of Mizpah, he built it and covered it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and the wall of the pool of Siloah by the king's garden and unto the stairs that go down from the city of David. Lord, we thank you for these next few moments in the Word of God, and I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people. Thank you, Lord, for gracing my lips today, and I pray, God, that your people would be forever changed. Lord, it's your Word that's quick. It's alive. It's your word that's powerful. It's your word that we need, God, to hold on to. Hallelujah. It's more powerful than anything that we face in this world. And, Lord, your word says, First uh, uh, John chapter 5, verse 4, that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we look to you. We, turn our, we put our faith in God today and in these precious promises, Lord, knowing that it's you who came to give us life and that more abundantly, in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. The dung gate. You know, what does this speak to us today? Well, it says a couple of things that I'm going to point out. One is that there are people who come in here and might have come in here today with the stench of sin on their lives. And, I mean, you know, they know they're in it. They're rolling in it. Hmm? Yeah, they're trapped in it. They're bound in it. It's, it's on them. And these also might be people in our society that society has given up on, the outcasts, the scum-bottom vagrants of society, if you will, the disposable people. But can I say this, that it is the church's great privilege to remove the dung from people's lives. Praise God, this is a place where you can come through the dung gate and leave smelling nice. Amen. You might have the stench of sin on your life today, but I want to encourage you. Look, look around this room. How many perfect people are here? Raise your hand. All right. Well, you're in good company then. All right. The Bible teaches us that we're all works in progress, right? Uh, we all have one, one common goal, that's for sure, that we all certainly need desperately the grace of God in our lives. Yeah. Uh, there I go for the grace of God. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's His grace that's brought you to this place today. And the Bible says that uh, in Ephesians, or I mean, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And by faith, we have access into this grace. Verse 2, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. We have access into this grace in which we stand. I want you to know today, as a believer, you stand in grace. Huh? Can we say this together? Grace is my place, 
and faith is my pace. Amen. So we're, I, I, I'm, it's a privilege to have the Dungate on uh, in our church because you can come through there. But praise God, you don't have to, you don't have to go out that same way. Amen. That, uh, we're here to love you. And to, listen, it's important that we teach, teach them and to, to, to fill them with hope and fill them with the Word of God. Because listen, the Word of God is what empowers you to get out of your stench of sin. The Word of God is what, what caused you to overcome that sin, to, to stop living by the flesh and be controlled by every thought and every whim and every circumstance, but, but begin to build a better life and to, to live by the Spirit and find true purpose for your life. A few years ago, I had a, a rock band, and we traveled around uh, and played in bars and clubs and things like that, and the name of our band was called The Violent because Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says, the, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And uh, so we, there was this one particular bar that we frequented and played called the Spotlight, or it had the nickname the Bloodbath, because it was a rough, rough bar. I don't know if you've, any of you have ever seen the movie Roadhouse, but it was something like that, you know, except we didn't have the cage around us to protect us. And, uh, and so... We're playing in this dark place. It's a dark place. And there were regularly fights breaking up. It's quite entertaining, actually, for us as a band to watch people flying over tables and chairs flying. But uh, we were there for a reason. We were there to bring light in that dark place. And, uh, and there was a lady that worked the door named, I'm going to call her Jeannie in case uh, she ever hears this. Uh, but uh, she, she ran the door, and she was <laughs> rough around the edges, I'll just say that. And... Uh, but she liked our band. She liked our band. She liked what we were, what we were doing. And she couldn't quite pinpoint what, what we were about because we didn't just come right out and just preach the gospel. We just preached the gospel through the music and the lyrics that we had because we wanted to be invited back. If you go in a bar and start preaching the gospel, how many of you know you're not going to come back? Amen. But we just pray, God, your word is powerful. And we thank you for using us for your glory. We're here, we're here to, to bring a light to this dark place. Amen. And so we just, we, we just play rock and roll music. And uh, played our own stuff. It was really, really a great time. And this lady watched us. Watched us. And we played there just about every weekend for a span of time. And she, and she said, you know, there's something different about you guys. I can't quite put my finger out. But when you play, I feel different when you play. I don't know what it is. And, uh, and it began to open up conversation. And so I, I told her, I, well, I, me and my brother, he was our lead singer and I was the guitar player. I said, we're actually pastor sons here in town and we, we go to... Uh, church and she said you do and I said yeah we'd love to have you come see us sometime well lo and behold just a few weeks later Jeannie shows up in our church and uh, and she showed up and and um, unfortunately her husband had gotten cancer and and he was dying but I had the privilege of singing at his funeral and uh, she began to come to our church and became an active member and today and she got saved got filled with the Holy Spirit today, she's still an active member in that church. And the stench of sin was completely off of her life. I'm here to tell you that the gospel can, will, if you'll allow it, to change your life. The, the Bible says that the gospel is the power to those who believe. Amen. Hallelujah. So t uh, uh, people in the dunga, they listen, they, they don't need to be told that they reek of sin. I promise you they know it. Amen. Amen. When you're in sin, you know you're in sin. Hallelujah. What you need is hope. You need a message to let you know that you can have a new start. 
I want to let you know today that God loves you. And just like Pastor Troy was saying, he has value on you. So much value that he, he sent his own son to die for you. That's how valuable you are to God. That he'd give up his own son for you. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us that even while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his own love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were sinners. We were weak. We were even enemies with God. We weren't even, we weren't even trying to turn to God when God came and saved us. Huh? We were going about our own way. But Jesus came and made a better way for us. Amen? He came to make all things new. The Bible teaches us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You might need a new start today. Praise God. Life is more than just turning over a new leaf. The Bible says when, you, when you're in Christ, you get a whole new life. Yeah. Hallelujah. A whole new start. Whole new beginning. And it's an, it's an ongoing process of, of newness. The Bible teaches us that his mercies are brand new every day. So you might have come in here through the dung gate but, and welcome. But I want to encourage you. Don't leave that same way. Don't leave bound up in that sin. You can be free from it today. I also want to say, too, that our Apostle Paul, when he referred to dung, he referred to dung as living a life by works. He said, I count all that up, I add it all up, and it, it's a pile of dung. Everything that I've done, everything, all the righteousness that I've done of my own, that's what it's come to, a steaming pile of dung. This works mentality, this works teaching. See, I'm determined. We're determined here. Leadership of this church, Pastor John, determined to see God's people free from sin, free from legalism, free from religion. Amen. Heather and I, our, our, our distant family that don't really know the Lord well, they always say, how Heather and I, oh, they're very religious people. No. Trying to get as far away from religion as I can. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just want to love God. Amen. But, but, but we live our lives influenced by this grace wherein we stand and we walk it out by faith. So I want to encourage you today. See, the truth is, God loves it when you simply accept what He did for you without you trying to take any credit for it. Living by works is trying to take credit for some of it. Huh? Listen, you can't measure up to God. Well, Lord, I went to church, you know, I made a church every Sunday. whoop de doo I'm perfect and holy. My Listen to me. Listen to me. It's, it's, a, it's a sick teaching. People, there, there are men and women standing in pulpits. They're teaching people that you can have a greater blessing if you'll do this and do that and do this. It's not what the Bible teaches me. Show me one verse in the Bible that teaches us about there are levels of blessing. Hmm? Well, the Bible says receive an abundance of grace and you'll reign in life. You don't get it by being good. You couldn't earn it. We couldn't earn it. All we could do is just say, I believe it. <laughs> huh? Get over the thought that it's just too good to be true. It is too good, and it's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you turn over to Luke chapter 13 for a moment? The other day, I was watching 
a preacher on TV. And I like Christian television, but you got to be careful about some of the junk that's coming through there. You really do. And this preacher was advertising his book, Ten Curses That Block the Blessing. Ten curses that block them. All right, we'll get there in a second. Luke chapter 13, verse 1. It says, There were present at that same season those who told him, that they're telling Jesus, of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Ugh, gross, huh? And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose you that these Galileans who were treated this way, their blood was treated this way, suppose that they were, they were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? What does he say? I tell you, nay, or no. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell? And slew them, thank you, that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. What he's saying is, you think that their sin was greater than everybody else's sin, so this tower fell on them? You think that's the reason why that happened? What did Jesus say? I tell you. What is he saying? I tell you. No. But except you repent, you will also likewise perish. What is Jesus, Jesus teaching us here? He's teaching us, he's telling the, these, these people that have assumed this, how many heard that, that when the, the two towers went down in New York, how many of you heard that that was God's judgment? How many of you heard that peop, people say that? Can I say this? If you agree with that, you're only agreeing with the terrorist. They think it was God's judgment. That's why they did it. You're simply agreeing with a terrorist. Or, or, or what happened in New Orleans? Oh, God's angry at New Orleans. Jesus said right here, oh, there's such sin on Bourbon Street. Well, God missed Bourbon Street, killed a whole lot of other people if that's what he was trying to do. Killed a whole lot of innocent people, not people in Mississippi. Killed, I mean, if that's what he was doing. How many of you believe that that's really what, what God was doing, though? Huh? Jesus said, if you think like that, you better repent because you'll, like, you'll perish the same way. He said, the problem is you think these people had a greater sin. He said, unless you repent, that is, change the way you think about this situation. Change the way you think about God. Jesus came and bore the complete punishment, bore the complete judgment. God put all of the judgment of our sin upon Jesus Christ. Completely exchanged his life for our life. So now we stand today, the Bible says that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God's not judging the world today. He judged Jesus and got you off the hook, praise God. If you'll believe it, it's yours. You can be saved today because you believe that. You can be free from that legalistic garbage that, that these guys are trying to throw on you. This ten curses that blocked the blessing. Let me tell you when the, bless, when the curses got stopped. There's nothing blocking my blessing today because I stand in Jesus Christ. The truth is, when I got Jesus, I got every blessing and I got no curse. When I got Jesus, I got every blessing. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. There are no curses on you today, believer. They have, have, has no effect on you. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that the Gentile, that the blessing of Abraham might become come upon the Gentiles. Who's the How many Gentiles in here today? That's everybody in the building, I'm pretty sure. 
that the blessing might come upon you. You have all the blessing. All the blessing come, went all right through the cross, and every curse stopped at the cross. He complete, the Bible says in Colossians 2.14 that he nailed it to the cross. The handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to us, he took it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross. You're free from the curse of the law today. You're free from sin. You're free from, from, from being alienated, alienated from God. You're free from trying to live by works today. You're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. That is really good news. These charlatans out here writing books talking about curses and levels of blessing. I don't need that stuff in my house. Don't need it in my life. I've got the word of God. i got the truth. Thank you very much. Keep your money. Keep your books. Stop writing, please. Messing up the body of Christ. Mixing your legalist. Okay, okay, okay. Be nice. All right. Well, see, Paul said, Paul said, if anybody comes to preach you in any of the gospel, then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. He said, if I come, he said, if I come back and change the message, let me be accursed. If an angel from heaven comes down to preach you something other than I'm telling you, let him be accursed. We gotta stick to what's true, people. Amen, family? We've got to stick to what's true. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the unearned, the undeserved, unmerited favor of God came to us. Whether you like it or not, I like it a lot. I'm whole, I don't know about you, but I'm holding out for grace today. Every other religion in the world is all about karma. What goes around comes around. Oh, God, help me. I hope not. I don't want what's coming back to me. I need grace. Huh? Am I talking to anybody this morning? I need grace. Jesus took it for you. Why do you need to take it? Mm. Would you say that hell is the ultimate curse? Would you say that going to hell would be the ultimate curse? Huh? That's the, that's the big daddy of all curses, isn't it? I mean, there's sickness and there's disease and there's poverty and there's all this junk. But hell's a lot worse than that. Huh? Did Jesus save you from hell? So is, does it make sense then to think that any other subordinate curse to hell has any effect on your life today? If he saved you from hell, I'm pretty sure every other curse is taken care of. Okay, we got to keep moving. I hope this is helping you today. I don't want to. I hope I'm not preaching too mean. I'm just mad at everybody that everybody else but you. Amen. <laughs> Love you, people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And here's where we edit the the video. Take a few moments. Okay. Number two, the fountain gate. Let's look at this. Nehemiah chapter 3, look at verse 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but the gate of the fountain repaired Shalun, the son of Kolhaze, the ruler of part of Mizpah. 
He built it and covered it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and the wall of the pool of Siloah by the king's garden and unto the stairs that go down from the city of David. Praise God. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 14, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a well in him or a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This fountain speaks to us today of the importance and the place and the honor that we give the Holy Spirit of God. I am not ashamed to talk about the Holy Spirit today. I am happy to be part of a church that is, that is adamant about the working of the Holy Spirit, that we live to see the flow of the Holy Spirit. Just like this morning, we were laying hands on the sick this morning, and those that were facing whatever they were facing, that, that Jesus said, when you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. That's just a work of the, of the Holy Spirit. I believe that miracles were taking place today. I believe that, that, the, that the hand of God is upon us today. You know, really, the, the biggest, uh, the most important um, work of the Holy Spirit in a, in a church service, especially, is by the preaching of the Word. Because under the, under the Word is when you begin to think about your life and you, you reflect on areas that maybe you need to change and you're taking up a challenge and, and, and just right there where you're sitting, you can just repent. Repent, repentance isn't at an altar. It does. It can happen at an altar, but a repentance is just a change of your mind. That's what the word means. Metanoia. That's what the word repent means. Just change your mind. Change the way you think. You can do that sitting in your car. Amen. And if you happen to cry and boo-hoo over it, well, praise God. But that, that's not the meaning of repentance. Huh? Amen. It's just changing the way you think. I love that. But we believe here in this church in, in the fountain gate, and we love the Spirit's flow. See, not only is the, the Spirit of God our guarantee or our seal until Jesus comes back. See, when you, when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit as your seal. He's the guarantee. He's the promissory note. Praise God. When Jesus comes back, he'll see his seal upon you yes. called the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And, and he's the one that will guide us. See, it's a, Jesus taught us that, that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. All truth. Wow. He said he'll also show us things to come. In John chapter 16, he said the Holy Spirit's here to convict the world of sin. You of what? Say it. Say it loud. Righteousness. Oh, the Holy Spirit, he's been convicting me of that sin. No, that's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost convicts you of righteousness. Glory. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus said of... of of, of, of righteousness because I go to my Father. See, Jesus needs you to know how righteous you are because you're his representative in the earth. If you don't know who you are, then the world don't know who Jesus is because you are Jesus to this world. The Bible says that you are the body of Christ, but if you don't know who you are, if you're not convicted of this righteousness and understand that, well, you won't, you won't, you won't know how to tell people about Jesus. You won't know how to show the way. Amen. That's why, and, we, and the righteousness of God was revealed from faith to faith as we Live by faith. Hallelujah. So, so he's here to convict you of righteousness. He's also the one that comforts you. Amen? He's the one who empowers you to be a witness. Jesus said, but the, you shall receive power from on high after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me. The gift of the Holy Spirit is more than just being saved. He's there to help you. He's there to teach you. Let me say this. As a believer, I, I believe that uh, all of us should get all we can from God. You should do all you can to get what you can from God and for God. You know, there is another place to be besides just being saved from heaven. I mean, saved from hell. <laughs> yeah. 
saved from hell to just being a Christian, that God wants to empower you with the Spirit of God. Now, when you got saved, you were filled with the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it. He came, and He's living inside you. But there's an indwelling, and then there's an ondwelling. And the Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And so to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We speak in tongues here in this church. Why? Because the Bible teaches us to. Jesus said it in Mark chapter 16. He said, in my name, they'll cast out devils, they'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, they'll speak in new tongues. And then that happened just a few days later, and Paul began to teach us about tongues in the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. And, and, and people have made it such a weird and spooky thing. Well, yeah, it's a little odd. Yeah, it's a little odd to your natural mind, a little odd. But listen, because it's odd or because you don't understand it, you don't do it? Huh? Amen. The Bible says that the, that the spirit and the flesh, they're, they're, they're at war with one another and your mind's not going to comprehend everything. But if you'll just by faith believe what the Word of God says and do what He says, God will bless you. Amen. See, so many, there, there's so many people that are afraid, churches and things like that are afraid to even talk about the move of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit at all. They're just, they just don't touch the subject. Then there are those who just make it totally crazy and, and totally unrelatable. Amen. Why can't we have the power and the order? Amen. And we experience the Holy Ghost just like the Bible teaches us to experience Him. Yes, I'm glad to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm glad to speak in tongues. I'm glad to see the move of the Spirit. I'm glad to see people, people receiving what they need to from God. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I, forget it. We need to shut our doors. Because we're here not only, you know our five Ps that we at Cornerstone Worship Center, we, we, we believe you'll experience a people like yourself, that we all need the grace of God, a, a place for the whole family. We try to minister to all, your, all ages and a power beyond your own ability. I don't know about you, but I need a power beyond my own ability today. Huh? A promise from the Word of God and a purpose for your life. The Holy Spirit is also there to, to remind you and to show you what's been freely given to you by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 says, We've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So when you open that Bible and read it, the Holy Spirit is there to show you what's been freely given to you. He's not there trying to show you, don't do this and do that, don't do this. and don't. You're such a filthy, rotten sinner. You should. Huh? He's there to love on you. He's there to show you, look, look what's yours. This is what Jesus paid for right here. And so we love to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And he works. The Bible teaches us that there are nine, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about these nine manifestations of the Spirit through tongues, interpretation of tongues. And we'll get into a teaching on this later down the road. Prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, miracles, discerning of spirits. How many of you like all of that stuff? Amen. Because the truth is, one moment is all it takes under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Just one moment. It can change your... I mean, what years of rehab couldn't do or what years of psychiatric help couldn't do, in just a moment, just a visit from the Holy Spirit, some manifestation of the Spirit that can just completely change your life. Amen. And, so, and we see it week in and week out. We have testimony here of people being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we do our best to do it by the book. So let the Bible guide you in your knowledge of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know much about Him, read the book about Him. Amen. Read the Bible. Let Him teach you. Uh, and if you want more information on being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what it means to, to speak in tongues, Pastor Troy teaches a wonderful Holy Spirit class here about, about every quarter. And, uh, and you can, Or if you're just ready to receive it, you can receive it today. Hallelujah. You can receive it in your living room. Amen. You, all you got to do is just ask for Him. That's the beautiful thing. Just like you got Jesus, God will give you the Holy Spirit too, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
But he wants to be involved in your daily life, the Spirit of God does. He wants to be an ever, he is a very ever-present help. But, but if you don't make yourself aware of him, you'll just, you'll just go through life. Huh? Without his assistance, without his great help, he wants to be in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, Paul, Paul teaches us, and I'm almost done. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 14. I, I think it's interesting that, that he tells us how things ought to be done. Like, for instance, in the church, uh, concerning speaking in tongues in church. Now, it's one thing for everyone to pray together in tongues, but it's another thing for somebody to just stand up and give a tongue. Right? And Paul begins to put order to it because what the Corinthians were doing, one guy stand up speaking tongues, and then another guy stand up speaking tongues. Another, how many of you would be edified by that? No. I don't know what they're saying. Huh? So Paul says, no, 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 st- you got to put some order to this. Oh, Paul, you're squelching the move of the Spirit. <laughs> huh? Holy Spirit and order. What a combination. What a thought. He said, let all things be done decently and in order, but, but forbid not to speak in tongues. Yeah, we live in this beautiful balance. Amen. Now, how you react to the move of the Spirit, man, I've seen, <laughs> I've experienced it for myself, some strange things. That doesn't make anybody more spiritual or less spiritual. Huh? You know, I, I used to, used, when I was a kid, I used to always feel like, because we had, I mean, our little Pentecostal church in, in southern Oklahoma, I mean, it was power-packed, and a preacher would come through and lay hands on people, and I see people like, you know, hitting the ground and stuff, and I'm like, and it never happened to me, you know? I, I, I just always felt like there's something wrong with me if I'm not experiencing that kind of stuff. Can I tell you today, I, from somebody who's battled with that, that's hogwash. That doesn't make you more spiritual, huh? If, if <laughs> okay, let's just keep moving forward. I'm here to talk about the, the Holy Spirit. But Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Can we look at this for a moment and then I'll be done? He's a very present help in time of need. Let's let's look along um, verse 10, I guess. He says, "There, there are... There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance uh, or signification. Therefore, I know not the meaning of the, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He that speaks unto me, a barbarian unto me. That is, uh, we won't understand one another. I mean, you come speaking in tongues to me, I'm not going to understand that, and I'm me, or me to you. Uh, but listen to this. This is important. That when we, when we think of the things concerning the Holy Spirit... Understand that, that, that the body of Christ is so precious to God, that His people are so precious. And here Paul says this gives great instruction. Even so you, verse 12, even so you, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, I think we ought to be zealous of these things. Chapter 12, it says to desire spiritual gifts. We need to go after these things. But seek that you may excel to what? To the edifying of the church. So when you feel like you need to give a tongue, let this next thought behind you come. Will the church be edified by this? Or am I just doing this to say I'm really spiritual? 
Or am I doing this to say, well, we, we need to have it in church? Is, is this a true prompting of the Holy Spirit? And are, is God's people, are God's, is God's people, are God's people going to be edified by this? Come on, because the truth is that the tongue is the sign for the unbeliever. If we didn't speak in tongues, we would do the unbeliever a great disservice. Because it's a sign for them. Well, we'll scare them all away. That's what the Bible teaches us. If it's done decently and in order, people get saved. Matter of fact, it happened in Acts and 3,000 people got saved. Amen. It's okay if I give you a little instruction today. Amen. So let the Spirit of God flow. Let Him move and just be obedient. But, but have the body of Christ in mind. Amen. That we're all in this together. We're all here to build one another up. The Bible says to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit is a vital part of the believer's life. I, I completely believe that. And if you, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit today, I want to encourage you today to, to seek it out. Read, read about study it in the Word and get into the flow. Amen. The fountain gate. So thank you so much for, for being here today. Let's all, if we would, just bow our heads for a moment. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.